Well, good morning and welcome to church. Welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church. We are the church. We are all part of Christ Universal Church. But what does this mean? And why do we do the things we do in this church, this body, this building at Bloomer Baptist Church at 2620 Duncan Road, Bloomer, Wisconsin? What do we do and why? Seriously, why? Why do we do certain things in this building? Things like worship, things like singing, things like church membership and serving, things like prayer, things like evangelism and outreach opportunities. Why do we do these things and how do we do these things, all these things, to the glory of God in God-honoring ways? We will continue today to talk and look to God's word as as we try to decipher or learn why do we do the things we do in church, as the church. And today we're talking about tithing, tithing as worship. Now there's a story of a family sitting down for Sunday lunch after church. And as the table conversation begins, the son says to the dad, wow, the service sure was boring today. I had a hard time staying awake, the boy says. In fact, I think the background noise was not the hum of the speakers today. It was snoring of the people. (laughs) Then, then the daughter following suit says, replies, You're right, brother. The pastor could not even get his words out clearly today, and he kept losing his place in his notes. Even mom then replied, was now commenting about how the choir was totally off key. The singers could not stay on pitch. At this point... The father had heard enough and pipes up and says, Now, family, that is enough. What do you expect for 25 cents? What do you expect for a quarter? Now, folks, a quarter is not much of giving back to God. It's not much of giving to the church. I don't know if I'd say it's worship, but maybe for some. Now, I understand tithing and giving back to the church can be hard, and it can be hard for some people to talk about. It can be awkward as well. It's not an easy message to deliver, and that's why today's message will be a little bit more of a talk than a sermon, Um, not quite as many points, more ideas to consider. In fact, there is another story or illustration which I think helps illustrate just how much or how little people like to talk about giving financially to the church. This is a story of a pastor preaching who says, Church, if we are to go and follow Christ, we must get up and start walking. The church agreed and the deacons agreed and they all started getting into the sermon as they exclaimed, Yes, pastor, we must get up and walk. The pastor getting into it now, seeing how the congregation was getting into it as well. He says, Yes, people. If we are going to follow Christ, we must get up and not just walk, but we must run. Get up and run. Yes, pastor, let's run, they all exclaimed. Then the pastor took it a step further and said, we must also fly. We must go to all the ends of the earth. Yes, pastor, let's fly, they all said. And then the pastor exclaimed, and if we are going to fly, the church must give financially too, because flying costs money. It's at this point, they all quieted down and they all said, No, pastor, let's walk, let's crawl, let's stay put. Tithing or giving financially to the church is hard to talk about. It's hard to consider. I understand this. We all have many bills. We all have many things going on in our life. We have kids going to dance, 
kids involved in volleyball, in cross country. We have things and hobbies that we want to pay for and support. We need to heat our, our homes and pay the electric bill. We need to buy groceries. We need to buy gas at $3.40 a gallon. There's so many things that I know we can shy away from talking about giving back to the church. This is something we do every single Sunday here at Bloomer Baptist Church. We pass a plate. We also have offering boxes back at the back of the door and in the missions room that you can, on your own, put an envelope in at any time. But why do we do this? You see, this is a topic which may be debated in different ways, especially in relation to the law. Are we still bound by Old Testament law and how we give? Well, let me just answer right now, no. No, of course not. We are not bound to any law. Galatians 3.13 clearly states that Christ redeemed us from the curse or bondage of the law by becoming the curse for us. But there is still this debate about tithing. Are we still to tithe? People debate how much to tithe or whether there is a requirement to offer the church or God your money at all. Another debate may be who your money is given to. The church, WWIB radio station or some other radio ministry, a missionary, Hope Gospel Mission, Boy Scouts of America, the Republican Party. Well, I hope it to be obvious that any giving to something like the Boy Scouts or the Republican or the Democratic Party should not be taking the place of your giving to the local church or ministry. These should be first God's purposes, God's ministry, proclaiming the gospel, edifying his people. These things come first. Before we get into all these things, though, here is the big idea for today and the challenge I want to you to apply to your life. You see, we should be tithing as worship. There is power in giving. There is power in giving. Through your giving back to God and local church, God blesses the church, the world, and you. In today's talk, I'm saying talk because it may not seem quite like the normal three-point, four-point sermon. I hope you to see that although not bound to it, I believe the tithe to be a great starting point for consideration when planning your financial giving. If anything, we should see that the New Testament would really encourage giving more. Living a simpler life materialistically and of our time so that we are able to help one another more. I also hope all to see in today's talk, not just the meaning of history of the tithes, but applications for us today. We will see that tithing as worship is a biblical concept still today. And something we do out of love and obedience to God from our first fruits as we glorify him, his plan, and all for his glory. We will also see that this is something done cheerfully, joyfully in faith and that in doing so, God uses it to bless the church, one another, and you. There is power in giving. We may not get done with this today, we'll see, especially in the live worship service, as we have communion as well. But we're going to do our best. We'll get to this, all this, and some debatable questions in a few minutes. But first, some definitions, some history. You see, the word tithes literally means a tenth or 10% is most often used in relation to giving an offering of a tenth of your income to the church, or 10%. The tithing concept 
and work is clearly seen in the Old Testament. And this is where it originates as well. God's people were to give back 10%. Tithing was part of the Old Testament arrangement God had with Israel for the support of the priest. The new covenant does away with tithing as required in the Old Testament. We have a new covenant through Christ, one where we are saved by grace, and there's no longer a Levitical system of priests to support. We have Jesus as our high priest, and as believers, we are now considered part of the priesthood. You see, things have changed, but in the Old Testament, we see this idea of tithes given. And in fact, as far back as Genesis, we see Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek, the priest king, in Genesis chapter 14, 18 to 20. Israelites were required to give a tithe to the Levites, Numbers 18, 21, and 24. And the Levites, in turn, were to give a tithe to the priest. The tithe was taken from not just money, but grain, fruits, and animals. Some would say that there is no command to tithe in the New Testament. But many Christians believe that the concept is a still a useful guide for us to follow. A good principle. And I did see one who does believe that tithe is still a required thing, a required law to obey. I won't go that direction, but what do you believe? Why? Why do you give on a Sunday morning? Why do you not give? What do you give? I believe that we should be tithing as an act of worship. Now, I'm going to explain this more. And it's clear from Scripture that there was still financial giving to the church in the New Testament Jesus never discourages a tithe, but he also encourages more. There is power in giving. Allow me to explain just briefly. I know this may be confusing. I'm not meaning that all must give exactly 10%. This is between you and God. You should, however, be giving out of a cheerful heart, joyfully, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and in faith for God and his plan, his purpose, his kingdom. I believe the idea of a tithe to be a great starting point. This was God's standard, and Christ may have given us a new covenant and fulfilled the laws, but does not mean that there is not still good in using some of them as a guide for righteous living. In fact, Jesus, when he had opportunity to discourage the tithes, did not. In Matthew 23, 23, we read, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth a tithe, of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. As you can see, there is history in tithing, even in the New Testament. But this concept should still be present in our lives today as well. It's just that now it is done out of love, worship, obedience to his plan. And cheerfully, cheerfully. Never are we told to cease giving back to God or not to give to the church or those in need or to God for his purposes. Quite the opposite, actually. The New Testament encourages us to continue to give to the church and to God's people. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 states, Now about the collection for the Lord's people, the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Some struggle today, whether to still call it a tithe, as some may not feel obligated to give a tenth of their income. Maybe they give 8%, maybe 20%, maybe 0%, maybe 2 
10%. Maybe they're strapped for cash and give periodically instead, or maybe they give of their talents and services instead of financially. Well, the scripture we just read illustrates that we are to set aside a sum of money. And on the first day of the week, in other words, before any other purchases, you should make a plan to set aside a certain percentage to give back to the church. But how much should this be? Jesus in Luke 21 shares a story of a widow's offering. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Now, I do not believe there to be a required amount. But if we were to start debating a percent to give, I would argue for giving more, not less. To tithe as an act of worship, but maybe we're not always able to give the 10%. But we should strive. Maybe you've noticed we don't call it simply tithes here or tithing here, but generally tithes and offerings or givings. And it's partially for this very reason. What matters is your heart and faith in your giving. The big idea of today's message is this. Tithing is an act of worship, and there is power in giving. Through your giving back to God and the church, God blesses the church, the world, and you. God blesses through your giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-11 speaks of this idea, saying this, Remember, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You see, there is power in giving. Is tithing in the New Testament? Are we to tithe? I say yes. As a point of principle, as a guide, as an idea, as a goal at least. But when able, as God blesses, bless others more. If I say that tithing is not in the New Testament or that we are no longer held to any type of responsibility to tithe because of Christ's sacrifice and his fulfillment of the law, then using that same logic, I could say that the Ten Commandments are not either since they are only summarized in the two greatest commandments, and therefore not specifically to be obeyed. But no, there is responsibility. There's a certain way of righteous living. Although we're saved by grace, mercy, praise the Lord, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do certain things. There are certain responsibilities we have as Christians. And although not law, we're expected out of our love for God and his people and his plan or purposes to follow these things. In the New Testament, we see generous giving as the norm. In fact, some are told to have been selling everything they had to be able to give to Christ and his followers and to follow after him as well. Others, like the widow, gave all they had immediately, and their small gift was greater than the large sum of giving others gave, and was seen better in God's eyes because it was an act of worship 
and love. Now again, I'm not saying to sell everything. I'm not saying that there is a required amount to give. But what I am saying is that giving back to God and his local church is important. I'm also saying that I believe the idea of using the tithes or 10% model as a starting point in your planning is still both wise and biblical. Luke 8.12 also says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. There is no limit to how much we can or should give to God and his plans. Tithes or give out of an act of worshiping him and believe that he will faithfully use it for his plan. Give out a love for him and his people. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, Matthew 6, 33. What you give is just giving back part of what his, he has blessed you with to begin with. Part of giving back to God, his purposes and his people, is in using the talents he has blessed you with, serving him physically. Yes, these are all important and good, and we need this, but I still believe part of this should also be your financial gifts. I also believe this should be of such importance that we still give of our first fruits. Or as stated previously, we set aside a sum on the first day of the week. Some may not give for a time because they believe they can't afford to give or to give well. The problem is that so many try to give of their last fruits instead of the first, though. What do I mean by this? Well, practically speaking now, before one spends any of their paycheck or pays any bills on the first day of the week, one should commit first to God. If you make this commitment first and put the money out first, before all the eating out, before all the fun buys, purchases, Amazon purchases, before anything else, you'd be surprised at how much you can give. There is power in giving. God uses money and our talents, your service, in many ways. Giving financially is not about me. It's not about mankind's intentions, but it's about God's intentions, God's purpose, God's plan, God's kingdom, God's ministry. Yes, how does this benefit us? How does your financial ties benefit? Yes, obviously, people giving financially to the church helps pay the electric bill. It keeps the light on, per se. It helps pay or... Pay to heat or air condition this building, to plow the parking lot, to fix walls and floors and anything else that may need fixing. Yes, the financial gifts to the church is how I and the rest of the staff gets paid. Thank you. Yes, the physical church building and staff needs your financial giving. But ultimately, financial giving to the church is not just for me or about me. Through your gifts, ministry happens. Through your gifts, ministry happens. Yes, I believe financial giving is to first go to the church before other ministries. Allow me to briefly explain. This was God's first, this was God's original intention in the Old Testament ties model. It went to the priest and the temple. Although the temple is different, and we are all part of the priesthood with Christ now being the high priest, God still uses the local church to care for the flock, teach and evangelize the lost to show mercy. Secondly, this idea also goes along with New Testament scripture as we, as we saw today. Third, it is through the church that God blesses you and others. I'm not saying that God doesn't bless the individual in individualistic ways, but God does use the church. And God uses your financial givings to the church to accomplish these things. 
I'm not saying that other ministries are not important. They are. But without giving to the church first, the church may not be able to keep their doors open. And we know the church is God's intention for us. God wants us to fellowship in the church together. God uses churches to do great things according to his plans. Churches change towns. Churches change counties. Churches change countries. Churches are used by God to change lives. God uses the local church to provide us fellowship with one another. For children to be cared for physically, emotionally, and spiritually. For other people, adults, and the elderly as well to find a home. Through the local church, we gain understanding of God's word. His righteous ways of living. His plan and his purposes alongside others who are graciously willing to join us on that mission. Our church is also attached to many other ministries and missionaries around the world through the support of missions. The money also pays for children and youth ministries, all of which are God's purposes. Outreach and evangelism, God's purposes. Church edification and discipleship materials, God's purposes. And worship. All of this, along with your financial giving to make these things happen, is prayed for. Everything we do is prayed for and happens according to God's guidance and purpose or plan. So I've talked a lot of giving financially to the church. But what about others? It felt called and able. One absolutely should give to others. Maybe this is hope gospel. Maybe this is a local radio station. Maybe the Apple Pregnancy Center or possibly more missionaries or other ministries. These are great things, but the church is not to be overlooked. Don't be so busy supporting the church of John MacArthur or anybody else in this world that you're failing to support this local church that you attend and that you love, that you value. Before closing, I have some final challenges, some take-homes. Remember, tithing is an act of worship. It's not an act of law. It's not required but it can be an act of worship, and there is power in giving. Through your giving back to God and local church, God blesses the church, the world, and you. Remember, money given to God's priorities has never lost money. We do not lose in giving. We are blessed in giving. We do not lose in giving. We are blessed in giving. So give cheerfully. Give with joy as we know God will use it better than we would in buying some new thing. We are blessed to worship God and giving to his plan and purposes, blessed to support his ministries. Here are some specific points of application for you now today. Based on the pattern of tithing, I want to encourage you to do these things. Number one, give a percent of every pay cycle. As the scripture says on the first day, set aside a sum. I'm not telling what percent you make that decision. The other scripture we said is that we read today is that nobody, nobody should force you into a certain way of giving. This is between you and God. But you might need to be more aware of your budget for this. If you already do this, great. Number two is this. Consider if there are other ways of which God wants you to serve him as worship as well. Maybe this is another financial gift outside of the church. Maybe more to the church. Maybe this is serving with your time in the church or another ministry. Maybe this is sharing the talents or the experiences of which God has blessed you with. With others. Number three. 
And as a closing thought, I can encourage you to think about this. In all you do, really, think of God's kingdom purposes before humankind's purposes. Tithing is not required for salvation. Praise the Lord. We are saved by grace. We're saved by Christ alone. But tithing as worship expresses our allegiance to his kingdom before anything or anyone else. And there is power in giving. There is power in giving. Maybe your gift is $5 a month. Maybe it is $5,000 a month. Both are worthy when given to God out of a heart of worship, joyful and generous giving out of the first fruits that he has blessed you with and in faith that he will use it for his kingdom plan. But always consider, always consider, can I give more? Can I give more? And I'm not just talking financially. I'm talking physically, spiritually, mentally. I'm talking of your talents. I'm talking of your time. I'm talking of your life. Can I give more? Let's close in prayer, and then we'll have a song as well. The song is, Be Unto Your Name. Allow that to lead us into prayer now. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the great opportunity we have to worship you. And Lord, we pray today, we pray that all may be given unto your name, for your glory, for your worship, Lord. We pray for your kingdom. We pray that we would seek you first in all things, your righteousness, your plan, your purpose, and that all people would come to know you through the love we show them and you and all we do. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray and all God's people said, amen.